Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 130. He's back. They said it wouldn't happen. They said it was over. They said there was never going to be another Web Chatham report. And by they, I mean me. I was supposed to do this last weekend. Every three weeks is already kind of a ridiculous schedule. But, uh, you know, I even had a three-day weekend last weekend. And I told myself I was going to get this podcast done. And I made this big to-do list of all the things I had to do last weekend. And it was a lot. I'm getting pretty good at to-do lists and personal productivity and getting things done lately. It's a very complicated system. It's all about separate apps. I have a separate app called Todoist that's just for the grocery list. A separate app. I use the Apple Reminders app just for what I'm doing on the weekend. I use email for my to-do list at work along with my calendar, which is now mine to control. And I use Apple Notes a lot and Evernote. I use everything, but it works for me. Anyway, my wife decided that she needed to paint two bedrooms the last weekend. And oh my God, I love painting so much. We got this house painted when we moved in, before we moved in, because it is a lot easier to paint a house before you move in. It was beige. We didn't like the beige. Truth be told, we're still debeigeifying parts of the house after eight years. But, uh, you know, since then we haven't painted anything because we painted it before we moved in. And we hired professionals because we weren't here yet. And so I haven't had to paint a room in a really long time. And I, you know, I watch all these YouTubers and I just love painting. So when she asked if I would help, well, by God, by gum, I said I would help. And then, of course, what I didn't factor in is that I have a five-year-old daughter who just finds it to be the most exciting thing in the world to paint her own bedroom lavender with me. And it was really cute, I'm not going to lie. But boy, did it slow me down. Oh my god, it was so cute, though. (laughs) I had to tape more than I normally would. I I like to think I'm the kind of guy that does painting on the edges right up to the uh, trim and the mold molding without tape and I use a paintbrush and then a roller on the rest rest of it but I'm out of practice I'm not gonna lie and uh, so I had to do a lot of taping especially because my daughter was gonna be using a roller had to cover the whole room in plastic because she was gonna go everywhere so you know and then I had to walk around her and only paint walls she wasn't painting and she was like only wants to paint from about two to four feet in height and she's not particularly interested in getting a full coat. So, you know, but boy, she's very proud of herself for helping, though. It was really quite adorable. But it did take up a substantial part of the weekend, like three or four hours each day on each of these rooms. One room was lavender and it went with one coat. The other room was very, very dark gray. And it took, well, let's call it, let's be honest, it's black. <laughs> And that took two coats, so that took even longer. Uh, Emma bought low VOC paint, though. Did you know this exists? It doesn't smell like paint at all. It's amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. I never didn't know anything about it. It's been a long time since I painted a room, like I said. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing. Strong recommend. Sherwin-Williams, low VOC paint. Doesn't smell like paint. Doesn't stink up your house. 
And, you know, I noticed, I learned that I have a lot more patience for washing brushes and rollers as an adult than I did with my dad when I was a kid, where I was like, this is ridiculous. This is never going to get clean. I still had a little bit of that with the black paint on the roller. Oh my God, I swear to God, it was like 30 minutes of rinsing and it never quite got done. And I have money. So, you know, I could just buy new paintbrushes and rollers, but I am morally opposed. And I'm here and I'm happy to report on the web Chatham report that I got all my brushes clean from both the black and the lavender paint. And uh, I did not waste money by throwing the brushes away like I have done every other time in my life. I am improving as a human being and I'm not wasting paintbrushes anymore. And the, in, uh, the accompanying carbon emissions, materials, <laughs> manufacturing, waste. I'm trying not to waste things, man. Anyway, all this is to say that I did not have time to do the podcast last week and I sort of felt bad about it. But I was like, what is the point of the podcast anymore? Does anybody listen? I, I know you guys listen. You write in. Thank you. It's very nice. But I do have my newsletter, which I do at a radically different cadence uh once five times a week instead of once every three weeks and i guess this might be once a month now it's hard to tell so yeah but today i got up really early uh mother-in-law janet uh usually takes jane on thursday nights uh she had some medical appointments and one of her clients uh had to reschedule she's a therapist so she could do it she had to do a Friday night instead, so Jane is actually at Grammys today, and I was so excited, and I was like, I could stay up late, and I could sleep as long as I want, because I didn't have to write my newsletter, and I didn't have Jane, and I didn't set an alarm. I stayed up till midnight. It was so decadent. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I went to sleep, and I woke up at 6.20, and I was like, well, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> no alarm. No daylight yet. I just woke up and uh, did the recycling, went to the collection center, dropped some stuff off, and then I went and got some breakfast, and then I went to Walmart to get some USB stuff to fix the charging situation at my bed, and I came home and I did a ton of errands, not errands, chores. I set up the timer on the seedlings. That was a whole fun thing. Jane helped me plant all the seedlings. She put seeds in there. She she made labels for each of her little seed trays. And uh, yeah, she did it about 50% correct. <laughs> it's now been two weeks and I can see, you know, her seed trays are labeled with her labels. So I know which is ones she did and which ones I did. And, you know, uh, one out of every two cells has a seedling in it. <laughs> So this weekend, I got to go back quietly when she's not looking and put new seeds in all the other ones. <laughs> that puts me behind a few weeks, but I don't care. It was so fun. She was so cute. Just putting seeds in seed trays and writing out the labels. It was just adorable, man. Hanging out with Jane when she's doing chores these days. It's a good, good time. Emma had this epiphany to explain to her when she says she wants to help that she needs to ask what she can do to help and listen instead of just doing whatever she wants after she says she wants to help. And she was like, oh, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Apparently, we just had to tell her that. And now she does. And it's really quite magical. And she's pretty great. She had like a bad week of tantrums two weeks ago. But this week, she's pretty great. Again, uh, we'll see when she gets back from Grammy. She was in a, like a weird mood yesterday. She was quiet. 
and didn't talk a lot and said she was fine and just like introspective and quiet and it was very kind of unnerving because five-year-olds usually just talk all the time she's been live streaming i mean not really because we don't let her but she's been acting like she's live streaming filming herself and talking to the camera it's adorable She's been learning about geopolitics, but the big thing is she's just learning Spanish. We're all on Duolingo, the whole house. Oh, that's what I should have done before I did this podcast. My Duolingo streak, 24 days. I'm learning Spanish at the age of 51. It's a lot of work. I'm not good at it. It's just making me remember all my French. I took five years of French in high school and college. And, uh, but I'm into it, you know, self-improvement in your fifties. You can't stop self-improving, you know? So I'm learning Spanish. I'm not very far along. Duolingo is a weird approach. Like I, I do remember the words it's teaching me, but I have no concept of like verb conjugation. All the stuff I learned the other way I learned languages. Now that I'm an old, I want to know that. Like I don't know what the infinitive of any verb is. I don't. But at the same time, it's like quicker to communicate. But their vocabulary is totally useless to me. I mean, it makes sense. It's like tourist vocabulary. Like, boy, they really drive home una maleta for suitcase. Like, I don't need that in my life. I don't go anywhere. Uh, I need like tech people, Spanish, restaurant Spanish, and construction and landscaping Spanish. And they don't do any of those. They don't even really do food, you know? I, have to, I mean, it's fine. I look up the words for food, so it's like I know all the words for our meal in the morning. I mean, they do some foods, like coffee and tea and orange juice and an unsalata con tomate. But not like, they haven't even taught me huevos or queso yet. It's very weird. I don't know, but... I'm getting there. Uh, you know, the words I need are different. I don't know how to conjugate verbs. So it's a lot of like Spanglish. That's new, Jane's new favorite word. We do some Spanglish. And she's like, Spanglish. She loves it. But I'm into it. It's fun. I like learning Spanish. It is a hell of a lot more useful than French. <laughs> I haven't needed my French so I went, since I went to Tunisia in 2002. But yeah, it's a good time. I was... Well, I went on like five tangents on that story. Anyway, I got up at 6.20, did the recycling, went to Walmart, set the timer up on the seedlings, came here into the office, listened to the new Boris album, the new little Sharon Van Etten piece of vinyl I got recently. I'm doing this whole complicated thing with cold storage, which is one of our QNAP volumes. It's where me and Emma dump things we want to keep, but we don't want them on our computer anymore. It backups nightly, backs up nightly to Backblaze. Only had 10 terabytes. It was a RAID 5. Uh, four eight terabyte drives that I just had lying around. This whole thing was kind of a lark a couple of years ago. It filled up, so I had to suck it up and buy four new drives. I think they're 12 terabyte. The volume's 36 terabytes now. I wanted to experiment with the Backblaze, send you your hard drives, and I had it send them to me, and it worked okay. I think it would have worked better if I had changed my download folder on my browser to, I don't know, to the cold storage volume on the QNAP and then downloaded zips from Backblaze because it took forever to copy them up because it came with these hard drives and I was like, cool, USB 3.0 hard drives, I'll just plug them into the QNAP and copy the files over, but no, it's got this weird encryption app that only works on iOS, sorry, that's not true, Mac and, and Windows, so I had to mount the thing on my Mac and copy all the files and at that point I was like, well, this is a network transfer. It took five days, it sucked. And it's $600. You get your money back when they get the drives back. I sent them back three days ago. They haven't refunded me yet. We shall see. But it was pretty interesting. At least I know it all works. And QNAP has all my files. I mean, Backblaze has all my files. It's 120 bucks a month. But that's for 10 terabytes of storage. That's not nothing. Actually, it's a lot more than that. It's like 30 terabytes of storage. Because it backs up my entire Plex server every night as well. 
So now that that's done, we got all this extra room. I'm clearing off my computer. It's four terabyte internal drive. And I swear to God, I think I have like half a terabyte left. So I'm finding all this stuff right now. It's copying over the first 100 episodes of the web Chatham report, trying to get down to like two terabytes free on my computer. Uh, yeah. And then it'll start the backup again. It's taken like a week. It's insane. And I have this to-do list, like I said, and it's just sitting there. The top two I didn't do last week. Podcast, QNAP, cold storage. So get all the new stuff up there, and then I have to see if the sync job, the backblaze, will work with a new volume named exactly the same thing, cold storage, or if it won't work because that volume doesn't exist because it's secretly using some volume ID instead of the actual name of the drive. That's TBD. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. We'll find out. I hope it magically works. Just just work. Just work. If it doesn't just work, it's going to be a whole thing. i got to delete everything off of... Uh, oh, it's going to be stressful. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a big long rant. Not rant. Ramble. It's good to see you guys. I guess I do still enjoy doing this. We went to visit our friends Nora and Brian last weekend. It was lovely. They have a lovely house. They're in Raleigh. I was a little confused because we were driving to their old house and I knew they had moved, but apparently they just moved around the corner. And I, their, their new house is really nice. Very well designed. They did a lot of remodeling before they move in. They're very into modernism. You know, our house is not really modern. It's called American Transitional or something like that. Our house, it's just a normal house. It's like a its like a mansion that isn't ugly, basically. Um, but they're really going for the modernism thing. And it, it's, it's awesome. And Brian, the husband, is really good with a carpenter. So he did some amazing built-ins, some really good ones on the landing of the stairs. I'm so jealous. We don't really have landings that, you know, do U-turn stair landings like that. Ours just kind of do crow, like a little bit of crowbar bending in them. It was, a, it was a great time, and uh, I'm very into not drinking in March. Uh, I started out just not drinking because I basically drank every day of January and February, which was awesome for about 40 days. Uh, I had that really bad episode in New York when I drank too much, and I overslept, and I missed my flight, and my wife got really mad at me, very reasonably. And uh, so we both decided, we're like, okay, we're going to not do nighttime snacks in March, because that's a problem for both of us. And... Uh, we are, uh, Rick is going to stop drinking. Emma doesn't really drink. So, you know, first week I just didn't drink and it was fine. I have stopped drinking many times in my life and it's always fine. But then, uh, Emma was like, you should try a non-alcoholic beer. I was like, you know, oh, I remember I had to go meet those dudes that I'm doing the QuickBooks for my neighbors, the landscapers. And I met them at a bar. Uh, it was closed. They're really good friends with the owner of the best bar in Chapel Hill. It's called the Crunkleton. The guy's name is Crunkleton. Which is funny on its own because when I first saw the bar, I thought it was a fake fancy bar about getting crunked in because it's on Franklin Street near the university. But no, the guy's name is actually Crunkleton. Pretty crazy. Anyway, bar was closed. But they did have non-alcoholic beers. Middle of the day, I didn't want to drink. Um, so I had some. I was like, yeah, this kind of works. It was a Heineken. It was gross. But it tasted like a Heineken. It tasted like a gross Heineken. So I bought a bunch of different non-alcoholic beers. I got really into it. Uh, and then I started getting really into like non-alcoholic uh well, I wanted whiskey. I wanted to be able to have like a beer and a whiskey at night and have it be non-alcoholic. But I have now gone through five whiskeys. The best one so far I found is Kentucky 71, but it's not that good. Whiskey seems to be really hard to do non-alcoholically. You don't get the throat kick with almost anything. Well, none of the whiskeys. Kentucky 71 is it a little bit. There's too much maple. There's too much sugar. It's not the same. I'm trying. I'm trying. If you mix them like, you know, make them old fashioned with it or a Manhattan, it's not as bad. But I don't drink those. I drink whiskey straight. Uh, whiskey and ginger is fine. It's not too bad. 
I found a really good Fernet. Uh, it's not really like Fernet, but it's a good digestive bitter. It's called Pathfinder. It's sold out everywhere. I have like half a bottle left and I am just like milking it until I can get more. There's another one people say is exactly like Fernet. It's called Alpine, but that is also sold out everywhere. Uh, there's this company called Janista that makes a Janista Wormwood that's a very unique and weird digestif that I'm getting into. It's pretty good. Uh, I've mastered a Negroni, though. That's the thing. Uh, I'm using Monday Gin with a splash of Ish Gin. Monday Gin tastes very much, tastes, smells like Bombay Sapphire, has an incredible kick, throat kick, throat hit. That's the most important thing to fool you that you're drinking. Ish has a great throat hit as well, but it doesn't taste much like, much like gin. But mix the two, you got like near perfect Bombay Sapphire. I'm using Dr. Zero Zero for my Campari, and it's dead on. And then I'm using this, it's called Sin... I can't remember. It's some play on Sin and Vermouth, but uh, I got it from Amazon. It's good. It works. I got a killer Negroni. I'm very into just the Budweiser Zero Alcohol. I just tried... uh, the Stella yesterday, and it was solid. I got a six-pack of that. That was pretty good. Uh, everybody loves Athletic, and if you're into, like, craft beers and IPAs, Athletic is very solid. Uh, I don't really love those, but I they taste like beer a lot, so I will drink those, especially when I'm doing the fake whiskey, because I have, like, four bottles of this stuff, and I'm trying to use up all the bad fake whiskey. So I drink that with the Athletic beer, because it makes me feel like I'm drinking and I got to say, man, the whole thing works really well, and I really love it. Uh, it just, I don't know what it is. I just like drinking, and I've always said this, and it sounded like I was rationalizing my alcoholism, but I just like drinking booze and, and feeling like I'm drinking. And I don't you know, the drunk thing, if you get it all perfectly right and you're with friends, it can be really nice, but that's like 20%. The other 80% was like, just ah, drinking a drink, and I've been doing it all month, and it's totally fantastic i wake up with no hangover if i have a lot of pain i might take like half of an edible and uh make my pain go away and it feels like i'm drunk and it's just amazing no hangovers ultra productive cannot convey to you the level of productivity i've had with my new job as ceo that i've had since january i think i told you guys about that i'm ceo at time hop now and uh, it's been a lot of work, and of course, I took on that QuickBooks thing, which is some extra work. <laughs> There's a couple other projects we'll tell you about in the next podcast, but I've been incredibly busy, and it's fine because I'm just drinking fake alcohol, and it rules. I cannot recommend it strongly enough if you're a drinker. Give it a shot. My friend Doug is coincidentally really into it, too, so it's nice to have your best friend also coincidentally into this thing. Uh, he didn't like the Guinness. I like the non-alcoholic Guinness. It's okay if you have another drink. The trick is to drink two drinks at once. Like you're doing a, like a beer and a shot or a beer and a whiskey. And also there's no alcohol. So you can do like really transgressive things like drink a whiskey, then a gin or a beer with a gin. And it's fine. You know what I mean? So basically, usually most nights I drink a Negroni and a Bud because there's no alcohol. It's so funny. I got this big new shipment yesterday. I've spent way too much money on this. If you're into it, drop me a line. I'll tell you what's good and what's not. I've been chronicling a lot of it on the daily newsletter, but uh, I've probably spent like $500 on this stuff now. Uh, So I got this whole new shipment. I got the Janista Wormwood yesterday and a different, uh, uh, supposedly an Amaro. It's okay. Um, and then I got, oh, some more of the Monday gin, because Monday's the best gin and ish. Uh, anyway, I was like, oh, and I got the Kentucky 71. And so I got this box of new bottles, and I was like, just taking swigs of each one of them to see what they tasted like. And I was like, oh, man, if this is real booze, I'd be drunk. And I actually felt like I was a little drunk. So I just like, swig of gin, swig of whiskey, swig of gin, swig of vermouth, swig of... <laughs> 
And then I was like, it was the middle of the day and I went upstairs and had lunch. And I was like, this feels so weird. And then one day uh, I, I uh, was working, it was the middle of the day and I needed a, a, a seltzer water. I got one right now. I'm drinking today the plain bubbly, the blue bubbly. I just get whatever plain seltzer water that they have available Preferably the cheapest generic, but last week they didn't have any. Anyway, uh, I stocked up the fridge with all this stuff. And, and we have a beverage fridge in the basement between our offices that we use during the day, right? And Because um, we both have offices downstairs and the theater room's downstairs. So there's a beverage fridge. Anyway, I accidentally stocked the Athletic IPA, which is in a blue can, right next to my, my plain seltzer, which is in a blue can. So in the middle of the day, I grabbed the athletic IPA, went to my desk and drank it, and just opened it and took a swig without looking. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Because <laughs> I've never really been a day drinker. And I was like, yep, this confirms it. I'm not a day drinker. Because at first I was like, wow, what if this is so weird and I just start drinking it all the time? Will that be a problem? I don't know. It's just a bunch of flavored water. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I'm not going to. I was very unhappy even having a swig of fake beer in the middle of the day. So <laughs> that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah. And then I just went to the doctor two days ago for my neck. As you recall, I was born with a fused neck, three fused vertebrae. It's hurt my whole life. Got really, really bad about 10 years ago. I've been suffering for 10 years, trying different things, different pills, this and that. Um, I am on a new pill for it. I used to be on Meloxicam. They switched me over to Cymbalta, which is also a slight antidepressant, which I swear to God is probably working, although it might just be my job because I've been a lot happier in my job since I took over. So, you know, it could be that. Hard to tell. My wife thinks it's just that because the Cymbalta is very low dosage. They use kind of a different dosing regimen when they're using Cymbalta for pain. Anyway, the thing that's really worked, though, is this thing called the trigger point injection where you just go in and you point to the different spots where that hurt and they just stick a shot of, like, muscle relaxants, steroids, muscle relaxants, like, right into the muscle where it is. And it, it takes a few, like, sessions. This is only my second session. You do it, like, every six weeks. And the first few days, it's really tender, like when you get a massage and it's too tender because they worked your muscles and they're softer, but like it's working. And this tension that I've had in my left neck all the way up to my head and all the way to the center and all the way to my shoulder, it's not gone. And it's only like 30% improved, but that's the biggest improvement I've had since my 30s and I'm 50. So it's pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of amazing. I, I, I'm thinking two or three more sessions and we might actually feel a bit okay. Uh, the first one, I didn't go far enough and you, you know, you can go all the way into your head. They need to use different needles, but so this time I went all the way up to where they couldn't, they had to use the special needles. And then I went further over to the, the, the center. Anyway, it's awesome. Just got that done Thursday. Magical, magical trigger point injections. Strong recommend. Yeah, uh, then let's see. Oh, yeah, Jane in kindergarten. Big hot topic of discussion. Do we homeschool or do we not? There is a, we got to register soon if we're going to send her to school. There's an open house soon. I guess we're going to go to that. It's like April 19th or something. I should put that in my calendar. Hold, please. I'm just going to do it right now. I'll forget if I don't. All right, that is done. Registration opens on the 28th. The open house is on April 19th. Don't know what the deadline is. Anyway, we are very torn about this. Emma especially wants to homeschool. For not unreasonable reasons. She lists them out, you know, and then I'm like, oh, wow, you, you make a lot of good points there. Let's see, uh, school shooting drills. Not cool. Actual school shootings, even less cool. 
the fact that you get sick all the time, that you just get sick all the time. Everybody just complains about it, but they all just do it. You just get sick all the time. I don't really want to get sick all the time. I don't get sick. It's fun. I mean, I got COVID, but even then, I wasn't that sick. I don't like getting sick. I don't want to be sick all the time. Very good point. Uh, the fact that she's reading books made for 11-year-olds and teaching herself Spanish and uh, doing division and multiplication and... Yeah, that's a little weird. Um, anyway, so I read all the homeschool documents for North Carolina. I might have told you guys this last time, so I won't go into it, but uh, it's pretty interesting. But, you know, I think the main thing is, like, one, it's easier to pull them out than to put them in, right? Like, it's easier to pull them out of public school and say, I'm going to homeschool than it is to homeschool for a while and then be like, can you take my kid into class? Because then there's this whole evaluation. It's up to the principal. It's a whole thing. And... Uh, you know, if she likes it, that should be factored in and she won't know if she likes it or not until she tries it. So part of me is like, she should go. And then if she doesn't like it, we'll take her out. But I don't know. But Emma did text me this morning telling me about all the like stuff and said we should go check out the orientation. So she doesn't seem to be completely committed to homeschooling yet. I don't have a problem with homeschooling. If Jane somehow was like, I don't want to go there. I want to homeschool. I'd do it in a heartbeat. That's fine. Um, I'm still paying my taxes. All my money would go to public education. I wouldn't consume of any of it. I feel like that's kind of a nice donation, right? <laughs> it seems charitable. But I'm a strong believer in public school, and I think we're kind of out of control with homeschooling and charter schools and all that shit. But then again, our public schools really suck, and there's a lot of problems, and there's a bunch of lunatics out there. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's very stressful. When I was back in my heyday of a uh, young whipper-scamper socialite hipster that went out and drank every night and had lots of friends and even then I wanted a kid but people would be like yeah it doesn't really seem to work with your lifestyle I'd be like it's fine I just kind of assumed I'd hope school back then I was like, I'll teach my kid everything they need to know I didn't say he I wanted a daughter even then but anyway uh and I am it's great we had a two-hour conversation about uh, geopolitics the other day. She's very into Manchuria and its history of going back and forth of territorial disputes between Russia and China. Very into the Vietnam War. Not so into Hitler. <laughs> That's a nice good sign. Uh, anyway, yeah, I am. So, you know, but also school. It's fun. Friends. I went to school. I liked it. It was cool. I mean, it wasn't actually, now that I think about it, there were a lot of years I didn't like school, but I liked the friends a lot. So I don't know, man. I really don't know. It's going to be very stressful. Uh, yeah. So that painting, Daddy, oh, Daddy Jane dance parties are going good. That's a good time. Uh, let's see. What do we do this week? We did. She's very into Robin now. So I feel like that's a big success. A lot of, a lot of failures. Um, she likes pulp. Okay. Doesn't really, I mean, she only wants dance music during Daddy Jane dance party, but then we've added now sad person wind down after we do dance party till about eight o'clock. And then we watch cardboard world from eight to like eight, 10 or so cardboard world is like a crafting YouTube thing, Japanese paper craft dioramas. It's pretty cute. A lot of hello kitty. And then from eight, 10 to eight twenty, we do sad old person music. <laughs> <laughs> and there is some of it she likes. She likes the Afghan wigs. Uh, but really, she wants like Wet Leg, Robin, Metric. Emma's made a better impression on her than me with the musical stuff. She likes Taylor Swift. She does not. She likes Olivia Rodrigo in the shower, but not at dance party. And I think it's because the videos are actually kind of scary. And they are. They're pretty intense. Olivia Rodrigo, man, you're, you're pretty intense with your videos. 
Uh, I've shown her the slits, the raincoats. I've focused mainly on women music. I haven't shown her the pretenders yet. That's a good one. Um, Goldfrap. She loves Goldfrap. That was a good one. Um, Susie. She's okay with Susie. She likes Susie. And I'm kind of bummed because we were going to go to Crew World this summer and we're not now. I'll talk you through the whole summer plans next episode. They're still kind of finalizing stuff, but not going to Crew World. Maybe still going to Taylor, but probably not. Got tickets for The Cure in Merriweather Post. Um, Nick Cave is coming to Durham. That's on Monday. I got to get those tickets. Uh, I really want to see Depeche Mode. It's in DC. But it's probably sold out. I don't know. I've seen him a bunch. Actually, I don't know. I could probably, I looked at the set list. It's fine. I'm not obsessed with Depeche Mode like other people are. And it looked like they only played like one song from Music for the Masses. What's up with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, actually good for them. You know, like they, People love later period Depeche Mode. I mean, by in my mind, later period is anything after Music for the Masses, so I'm including Violator. But people love that shit. They love it. They love even later, Walking in My Shoes, Ultra. They love that stuff. I like the new songs, too. They're good. But, you know, something like U2 where they lost their early fans, that's not the case with Depeche Mode, man. I gotta listen to that new album. I haven't listened to it yet. So I might go. I saw them side stage last time they toured. Twice! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about it, but uh, I do want uh, Jane to see these bands, you know? I'm very excited she gets to see The Cure. She saw New Order. I was, I'm sad she's not going to Cruel World. I don't care if she sees Taylor or not. She's got a lot of time to see Taylor. Taylor's young, and uh, someday Taylor will play, like, City Winery. <laughs> it'll be, like, $16,000, and it'll be acoustic, and it'll be worth every penny if you have $16,000. But that's how much, like, a door will cost back by then. Yeah. Let's not talk about economics today. Man, that was another long tangent. I was on Daddy Jane Dance Party. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good time. Uh, I'm trying to think what else we have done that she likes. It's uh, Mostly, I think, of the failures. Oh, she really liked I did, like, an 80s sweep. I did, like, Strawberry Switchblade. We've got a fuzz box. We're going to use it. Bananarama. Kim Wilde. Nina. She liked all those a lot. Tony Basil. Love Tony Basil. So that was fun, uh, and it's great. It's an extra 30 minutes of calisthenics for me every two out of every three nights. So six nights a week, five or six nights a week. You know, I get my exercise. I got my Apple Watch. I close my rings every day. We have a very steep hill in our neighborhood, and we like kind of, you know, fast walk up it every day. And I do it with Jane on my shoulders, so, I mean, that's intense. And, uh, but Daddy Jane, Daddy Jane Dance Party is another 30 minutes of calisthenics every day. I'm not losing any weight because I'm off the Wigovi. I eat well, I don't drink, I get like an hour of heart intense exercise every day. I don't lose any weight. Whatever. What are you going to do? It sucks. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, work. I already said that. So much going on. Gardening. Planted the seeds. Jane helped. That was great. Okay. I have done everything. It only took 30 minutes. That's what's going on in my life. I'm going to go see my friend Todd this evening. Todd and Michael, they live in Chapel Hill. We're going to have dinner with them. I'm very excited. Todd used to work at this construction company here that's doing a lot of work with the uh, pool contracting company I work for on the side of my ad tech job. You know, I'm CEO of two companies. I might as well also be the bookkeeper of a contractor, a pool contractor. It's so fun, though. Oh, my God. I love it. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be good. Talk a little shop. <laughs> I was going to mow the septic field, Janet's septic field today, but uh, it's going to rain. And my 20-volt DeWalt pole saw, I thought the attachment I bought works with it, but it does not. It's actually for the 60-volt flex-volt pole saw, so I'm swapping that out. So it's going to be another week. Flex-volt. Flex-volt seems like a good idea. 
it's like an expansion of the battery system without a different battery. Anyway, yeah, you can use it in 20-volt and 60-volt tools. And this new one comes with a giant 60-volt huge battery. So, yeah, I'll have this, like, cool brush-cutting blade thing because it's got a lot of, like, saplings. Can't just use a weed whacker. Yeah, that'll be fun. I like doing outdoor work. Spring is here. Emma's doing really good moss transplanting on the trails. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. We'll talk more about that later, too. A lot happening on that front, but not for today. Media. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I haven't sold... That's not... That's a total lie. I sold like 15... Maybe I told you about it last time. I don't remember. I sold all my Blu-ray 4Ks on eBay. It was great. Uh, I haven't really been buying too many. I bought the Dragon Slayer 4K uh, Blu-ray the other day. I'm very excited about that. Haven't ripped it yet. Make MKV needs to get the, the keys for it. But uh, I'm very excited about that. Added some stuff to Plex. Added a Private War. Uh, Marathon Man. Magic Mike slash Dance in 4K. Let's see, what else did I add? I just added the Heathers HD. Uh, I added the Nan Golden documentary, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. I added the Will Smith movie, Gemini Man. I added the Navalny documentary. I added the Japanese animated 1973 film, Belladonna of Sadness in 4K. I added Cocaine Bear in 4K. Uh, that's it. That's what I added. And a private war. Did I say that? And a private war. So that's what's up in Plex. Uh, I sold some stuff in Discogs. I sold This Is Hardcore by Pulp and Pure Moods, except for that person never paid. I'm going to cancel that order. Uh, I sold that extra vinyl copy of Ray, uh, Les Radelis de Nude. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. Crap. Oh, that sucks. I'm trying to save my duplicates now for another project, a different project. I sold American 3 by Johnny Cash. That was another duplicate. It oh, sucks. That would... Oh, I regret. I regret. I got to go take all the duplicates off of Discogs for sale. I'm going to do that right now. Be right back. Well, let's see if you can really do that on Discogs. That's a bummer. Anyway, moving on. Went to one show. It was pretty awesome. Went to see Yola Tango early in the new tour for this stupid world. It was freaking awesome. Em and I sat in the back of Cat's Cradle with our masks on, happy as clams. They don't have a non-alcoholic beer at Cat's Cradle, though. Very sad. But it was a great show. I love seeing that band. I've been watching them for 30 years. Great tour. Uh, two and a half hours, I think. We left after they finally played Sugar Cube. That was great, which was right before the encore, so I missed like four or five songs, but that's fine. I went to bed early. I'm old. It was great. So fun. So fun. Uh, I got a bunch of shows coming up, but I don't know if I'm going to go. High Viz is the next one. on. It's on Emma's birthday, but I want to go. We will see. We will see. I think one of our friends is going to be here visiting Emma, so maybe I can sneak away. Vinyl. Uh, okay, let's see. I bought a vinyl copy of Mind Bomb by The The. Very excited. Love that album. Finally got a copy on vinyl. Never owned one. I bought the Secret Stars album, TSS. Secret Stars is Jody Leo and Jeff Farina from Karate. Jody used to work for me. She's a friend. That is a great record. I used to love the Secret Stars before I hired her. It was really exciting. It was a good time in my life. Uh, there's a new medicine album. Well, it's, well, there is, but I already talked about that one. They also reworked Her Highness, their second album. They call it the definitive version. It is on vinyl. <laughs> I guess that's the topic at hand, so that's obvious, but it's really good. And they never really, they had never released Her Highness on vinyl ever. And it sounds awesome. I'm very, very excited about it. Beautiful. I accidentally bought two. Works well. Got a project for my extra vinyl. Uh, Casey Musgrave, same trailer, different park. I now have three copies of this album. It's kind of ridiculous. 
I love the record. I love early Casey Musgraves way more than late Casey Musgraves, but I love that record specifically. And uh, I owned it the first, I mean, I bought it when it came out. And then this month, I guess it's like the 10th anniversary, Vinyl Me, Vinyl Me Please did a reissue of it. And I have a subscription, so I was like, cool, I'll take it. Uh, it's free. Uh, it's literally free. My subscription's free. Thank you, Sev. Um, and I should not say that because now they're going to turn me off. Oh, I live in fear of the day. Vinyl Me Please turns me off. Anyway, uh, and then Casey put a 10th anniversary sort of rotoscope kind, the kind that's like a kaleidoscope that when you spin it on the turntable, it makes cool animated design. So I had to have that one. So I bought that one. So now I own three, which is too many. Yeah, that's too many. That's really bad. I'm really trying to stop buying too much records and honestly it's been a month since i did this podcast and there are only one two three four five six seven eight nine ten pieces of vinyl in a month that's that's very impressive for me that's only one every three days for a while they're coming in like one a day <laughs> uh i got the reissue of mogwai's second album come on die young because i never owned that on vinyl it's nice it's thick it's on white it's great uh, i got the new boris called fade it's on pink vinyl just listen to it sounds amazing uh nick cave warren ellis blonde soundtrack haven't listened to that yet mm, i don't know man they have too many soundtracks they're taking up a lot of room in my collection we'll see we'll see how that goes uh sharon van etten 10 year anniversary of tramp they did a reissue at secretly canadian never owned that album there i don't even know if i ever listened to it i am listening to it right now though and it's great and Mitski, Say Soft, Get Eaten, Laurel Hill Demos, that's an EP, and uh, that I haven't listened to yet, just came in yesterday, I feel like something else came in yesterday that's not in here, oh no, that was the Blonde soundtrack, so that's pretty good, only 10 pieces of vinyl in a month, I'm really trying to cut down, I really, really am, okay, I did listen to a lot of albums though, are you ready? Oh man, okay, this isn't as bad, there have been other times it's a lot more, and it's only been three weeks, so this is... This could be worse. This could be worse. The Wave, W-A-E-V-E, self-titled, weird synthy thing my friend Nick gave to me. I liked it, but it needs another listen. Uh, the Angelic Process. Oh, my God, I love this album. Weighing Souls with Sand. It's like goth noise metal. It's so good. There's just like, oh, my God, it is so good if you like goth noise metal. <laughs> the Angelic Process, Weighing Souls with Sand. Oh, fantastic. Listen to the Lil Yachty record. Let's start here. Everybody said it was really crazy and weird, and it's pretty crazy and weird. It's more up my alley than 99% of all hip-hop albums. I like it a lot. Laura Lee and the Jets. Wasteland. Uh, rockin' lady thing. Uh, a little bit western. I wouldn't say country. I'd say western. A little bit indie. I liked it. It was good. Peel Dream Magazine. Pad. Synthy. Loungy. Quirky. Very solid. Peel Dream Magazine. The Reds, Pinks, and Purples. I've listened to two of their albums now. Um, that one was You Might Be Happy Someday, and I also listened to The Town That Cursed Your Name. They really remind me of like the Black Watch or early Yola Tango, like kind of like 80s indie. It's great. They're great. They're a little retro, but just, you know, happy, happy indie pop. Very into them. Grace Ives, Janky Star. Electronic pop sounds like that girl from the Pierces. Oh, yeah, the Pierces. Uh, sounds like the girls from the Pierces, the women from the Pierces. I got went on a big Pierces kick. Was that this month? Yes, that's coming right up, in fact. Uh, I like Janky Star a lot. It sounded like the Pierces. Reminded me of the Pierces, so I went and, went and checked out on the Pierces because I always loved the album with the secret on it. And... uh Turns out they had another album after that called Creation, so I listened to that, and then they kind of broke up. I mean, they're sisters, but they broke up, so I listened to their solo albums. Uh, Alice and Pierce's is called The Year of the Rabbit. It was more folky and country than the Pierce's. I really enjoyed that. 
Uh, I don't see her sister on my list, but I know I listened to it, so maybe it's later down. We'll keep going. J.W. Francis, Dreamhouse. Uh, I saw this guy open for the Magnetic Fields in Durham last year. I forgot all about it, but uh, it's kind of like Mac DeMarco or Kurt Vile, lo-fi, sort of indie stoner thing. But it's good. I like it. U.S. Girls, Us Girls, Bless This Mess. I liked that a whole lot, as well as a very similar spiritually album, Screaming Females, Desire Pathways, which was great. Uh, I've only given that two listens, but I want to give it a little few more. Uh, Laraji. Oh, I love Laraji. Oh, he came to Durham one year and I didn't go, and I so deeply regret it. That guy is old. I'm never going to see Laraji. Uh, Segway to Infinity. So good. So good. Laraji's like an ambient world music artist that's been around forever. Friends with Brian Eno. Strong recommend Laraji. Segway to Infinity. Tennis has a new album called Pollen. I liked it. They're playing, but they're playing Durham, so I don't think I'm going to get to go, which is really sad. Margot Price, the country singer, has a new album called Strays. I enjoyed it very much. It is country. It is Margot Price. It is great. A little bit sad. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Remington, In Embudo is what the album's called. Uh, kind of sounded like Elizabeth Cotton, actually. It's really cool. I mean, this, I think she's from like Montana or something. It's modern. It's current. But, I mean, it's timeless. It's like, uh, you know, folkways kind of thing. Smithsonian folkways. Alan Smithson. Uh, it was really good. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Remington. I want to learn more about her. Basement Apartment. Self-titled. This came with the Medicine Drugs LP, uh, which I mentioned last episode. Drugs is the new album by Medicine, not the new vinyl version of their second album, Her Highness. Anyway, the, the label that puts it out, they're, in, they're called MPLS. They're from Minneapolis, so they gave a free copy of this album. And actually, it's solid. Sometimes the albums that they're in there, it's just like cheap. Like they, They're using it as packing material because they have no value. And I almost didn't listen to this record, but Basement Apartment, man, they're actually pretty good. It's a little bit uh, like it reminds me of Swell. I don't know if you guys, I mean, I was a huge Swell fan. That guy passed away, RIP, um, which is like moody, atmospheric, indie, drone-ish. Uh, I liked it a lot. Basement Apartment. Ruth, Mutheroo, that was world music. Uh, the algorithm served it up because I listened to some world music. I don't know anything about her. It was pretty good. I know nothing. It could be a fake band for all I know. Uh, com uh, Complete Mountain Almanac. Oh, man, that was great. It's like The National, a bunch of other people. It's self-titled. It's called The Complete Mountain Almanac. I don't know much about it. It was really awesome. It's very folky. It's a little country. You know, it sounds like it's, it's titled. I don't know if they're covers. I don't know if it's just like a super group or what, but I really enjoyed it. I need to look into that. I forgot to look into that. Storefront Church, Waking Up EP. Uh, that was pretty good. It's a lot of covers. They cover low. I think it's just a covers EP. I don't know who Storefront Church is either. This was served up by the algorithm. I hate that they're doing that. I only listen to my release radar. I don't listen to algorithm. Release radar is supposed to be new music by people that you listen to, and they're just throwing stuff in. They're not wrong, but like... And a lot of them I, I've ended up liking, but I don't like learning about music by computers, and I wish they would stop this. I might just give up on Release Radar if they keep doing this. But anyway, Waking Up EP had a cover of Words by Lowe, cover of Phoebe Bridgers. I suppose why they, this is why they served it up to me. And they're pretty good. Pan American has a new album, In Daylight, Dub. I think it might be a version of an older album. As you know, I've been getting back into Le Bradford and Pan American. Minimalist electronica and droney folk kind of thing has been Pan American's thing for a little while now uh, but I really liked it uh, I added it to my writing music playlist very minimalist shame oh this album is so good food for worms it has uh oh yeah so good this is my new favorite punk band they have a song called Adderall it's like the best they're playing in Durham at Motorco might have already happened I really wanted to go um oh, 
They're so good. Yeah, if you like punk, modern punk, Jawbreaker, very Jawbreaker-esque, uh, really good. Shame. Food for worms. Cola. Deep in view. Pretty sure there was a band called Cola that was a San Etienne spinoff. She is Cola. I have that 12-inch. I don't know if the band is actually called Cola anyway. This is, uh, it reminded me, it's like uh, that kind of like new English-Irish thing that's going on. It reminded me of Black Country New Roads or For Those Who I Love. Oh, I want to that record again. Oh, that record's so good. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Cola, Deep in View. Uncle Waffles, Red Dragon EP, Weird World Electronica. I actually really liked it. I think the algorithm served it up for me. It's uh, It was pretty solid, though, if you're into Electronica from not North America. Nashville Ambient Ensemble, really good. Exactly what it sounds like. A bunch of uh, country musicians doing ambient music. The album's called Cerulean, which is a weird name for something from Nashville. Don't really get that. But uh, it's very, very solid. They have a new one in my queue. I haven't listened to it yet, but I am very into the idea and the execution of this band, Nashville Ambient Ensemble. T-T-S-S-F-U. The Body. A gothy Shoegaze. Uh, solo Woman from Manchester, UK, I believe. And uh, it's really good. I love gothy shoegaze. T-T-S-S-F-U. The Body. Bad Pelicans. Eternal Life Now. Punk Noise Metal. Very good. Even the quiet stuff. That was a really good record. Bad Pelicans. I want to listen to it again. Very solid. Uh, Steady Holiday. Newfound Oxygen. Uh, melodic Lady Mellow Pop. They have this song called The Balance that really gets, it's like an earworm. Sticks in my head. I really like it. Uh, that's the best song of the album, but it was really, really, it's a good song. Ecstasy, E-K-K-S-T-S-Y, all caps. Misery is the name of the song. Uh, that new brand of lightly gothy reverby pop punk like Cold Cave or Drab Majesty. Actually, I really liked it. No solid. Constant Smiles, Kenneth Anger is the name of the album. Synth pop, sounded a lot like Nation of Language. Pretty solid. I should investigate them more. Phil Selway of Radiohead has a new album. It's called Strange Dance. It was actually really, really good, and I probably like it more than Smile. Uh... Tom, what's his name's new album? Uh, but yeah, I listened to that a lot actually. Phil Selway, um, maybe like the Ben's area Radiohead with a less, more orchestral and less rocking and more atmospheric. That's how I describe it. Paranual, P-A-R-A-N-N-O-U-L. Let's walk the path of a blue cat. That was great. Post rock, melodic, kind of explosions in the sky without the hard bits. Really liked it. Animal Ghosts, Wallow. Animal Ghosts is a great new shoegaze band. I don't know anything about them, but I love them, and I listen to them all the time. Solid shoegaze, rockin' shoegaze. Uh, gonna go with, like, Only Shallow of My Bloody Valentine kind of thing. Not a, not a woman singer, though. Godcaster, self-titled, awesome noisy metal, very into it. That was solid. Uh, Tarta Relena, T-A-R-T-A-R-E-L-E-N-A. Fiat Lux. I think this is a Spotify algorithm thing. It's world music, heavy on the vocals, uh, not electronic. I, it was fine. It was okay. Uh, a wing victory for the sullen. This is a, the subsequential band from, oh my God. Oh my God. Dead Texan is the other spinoff band. I love them so much. I used to see them all the time. I even have a shirt. What's their name? I could pause and pretend I remember, but I want to see if it comes to me. Eggs and Clem. No. No. Oh, oh this is upsetting me. Oh, gonna have to look it up. One moment. 
it would have come to me. Stars of the Lid. Anyway, they have a new album. I've talked about them before. The new album is called All Our Friends Are Vampires. It's awesome. Very minimalist. Very atmospheric. A little bit orchestral. Very solid. Flower Face. Keith Urim, thank you. He's a listener. Recommended this to me. Uh, the Shark in Your Water. Sad girl music. It's great. Uh, very into them now. Watch their videos. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Um, you know, kind of like Daughter or something like that. Uh, but yeah, they're good. Ulrika Spacek. Compact Trauma. <laughs> the note I have is, I literally just listened to this and I forgot what it sounded like. Oh yeah, Slower Side Indie Guitar Rock. I actually remember re-listening to it and it was pretty good. It has like three great songs on it. There's a new Fiddler EP called That's Life. It's super fun. It's Fiddler. If you know him, you love him. Uh, punk, really unabashedly into drugs. <laughs> Uh, it's always fun to listen to Fiddler. Uh, Emiliana, Emiliana Torini and the Colorist Orchestra, Racing the Storm. Sounds a bit like Way's Blood, or one of those bands. Uh, Wise Blood, I guess it is pronounced. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, moody, woman, singer, uh, a little bit atmospheric, a little bit orchestral. It was good. Uh, what are, oh, Miserable. What a great name for a band. I just listened to them because the band name was Miserable. They have an album that's from 2018. It's called Loverboy Dog Days, Gothy Shoe Gaze. Actually, pretty good band. But I bet they, I bet they, I bet if I looked them up, they're still around and they just changed their name to something else. It's a great name, but also just a hassle to have it be your name, right? Dream Book, Only Shadows, Baltimore Shoe Gaze Band from my friend Craig Urim, who is Keith's brother, who is from Baltimore but lives in Boston. And it uh, sounds more along the lines of the Black Watch, that kind of thing. Pre-MBV shoegaze. American pre-MBV shoegaze. Uh, Cyrom, S-I-R-O-M. I learned about this from Damon Krukowski of Damon and Naomi and Galaxy 500's newsletter. And it's really good. It's called The Liquefied Throne of Simplicity. Folk, uh, post-rock, psych kind of thing. Weird household items they make their music from. Isolation, COVID-era album. It's really good. I really love that. The Liquefied Throne of Simplicity by Cyrom. Trauma Ray, Transmissions, uh, Hard Guitars, but Ethereal Shoegaze from the Algorithm. Cold God, G-A-W-D, God. God, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was a great one. That was Shoegaze as well. Uh, all the titles are really miserable, but other than the titles, you wouldn't really know it. It's much different from other Shoegaze. On the rocking side, less atmospheric side. No Sun in the Interim. Also hard shoegaze. That was a really good one, though. Very hard, very rocking. Enjoyed that one a lot. No sun in the interim. Bedlocked, self-titled. More Spotify shoegaze. Uh, that one's more mellow, has an acoustic track. It's got some rocking parts, but it's a little bit more atmospheric, so maybe more on the, the slow dive side of things. Uh, then the other Red, Pinks, and Purple album, The Town That Cursed Your Name, more like kind of Blackwatch, 80s indie. I uh, really liked that. Uh, Warmth, ambient artist. Guy puts out so much music. I listened to it all. This album was called Collider Addendum. It was great. It just really chilled me out when I was working. Added it to the writing playlist. And I finished listening to the Lana Del Rey album. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? And I love about half of it. And I dislike about half of it. But I only gave it one listen yesterday at the end of the day. So it, it deserves more. The vinyl hasn't shown up. I'm a little bit annoyed about that. And I have not listened to New Depeche Mode yet. So I guess you're going to wait a month for my opinion on it television watching star wars shit the bad batch and the mandalorian and the lucasfilm and dave filoni and john favreau continue their quest in redeeming the prequels by making a lot of good content around the prequels anchored in bad movies which is working for me i'm not gonna lie <laughs> 
I'm actually enjoying them both. A lot of people, this new season of The Mandalorian, I'm sure it lost a lot of people. It's more straightforward. Not a lot is happening. There's a whole episode that took place without The Mandalorian on Coruscant that I loved because it shows a period of, you know, history of the Star Wars universe that we haven't seen a lot of yet. But uh, I think some people are kind of bored with it. I finished The Last of Us. I did not like it in the end. Uh, it gave me too much anxiety. There weren't enough zombies. It People acted dumb. Uh, and it bothered me. But it was well made and the acting was good. I, I'm on the fence about watching another season. Uh, I would watch it and I'd be like, oh, God, this is just going to give me a bunch of anxiety. And I don't like watching trauma. I don't like watching trauma. And I don't like people making bad decisions, especially smart people that know better. You can write a dumb character. That's fine. But don't write smart characters doing dumb things. You can write smart characters doing dumb things when they're in trouble, but not when they're, you know, if their fight or flight is kicked in or their adrenaline is pumping, don't have them just suddenly the adrenaline goes away. It just bothers me. I want realistic actions from human beings. That's all I want. That's all I want. We were watching Letterkenny, and it's funny, but it just, you know, it's a lot, and there's a lot of them, and they all are kind of funny, but you have to pay a lot of attention because they talk really fast, and it's good, but uh, we have been slowly petering out. We finished The Legend of Vox Machina, animated D&D kind of show on Amazon from the Critical Role people that is like an all-star D&D troupe with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage, and it's awesome, and I loved it. I way better than it had any reason to be. It just, it was great. Two seasons, half-hour show, strong recommend. Uh, been watching SNL, that was good. Finished Poker Face, that was good. Ending was a little weird. We'll see where it goes next season. We've been watching a UK comedy show called Taskmaster. We were watching Series 9. Just picked one randomly to start, and it's pretty funny. We watch that when we just want to sort of hear some jokes and not think about things. We've finished, well, we haven't finished because it's not done. Wolfpack with Sarah Michelle Geller, a teen werewolf show from the maker of Teen Wolf, another teen werewolf show. This show is so weird. It is utterly confusing, but you also get it. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it in terms of plot revealing and pacing and and following and cohesion, like because it is completely incoherent, but you also kind of get the plot. And this is Sarah Michelle Gellar's return to television, and I'm kind of confused why. I'm just watching it for her, and I'm like, okay. Uh, let's see. Then we watched some, that's about it. Great Pottery Throwdown, a couple episodes. That's fun and heartwarming, but I don't care. And that was it, really. Not a lot of TV. Actually, not watching a lot of TV, if, we're, if I'm being honest. Uh, all those shows finished. Oh, we're watching Picard. I forgot about that. That's not on here. I should write that down actually really good this season for the first time. I still have some quibbles with it, but nothing like before. Man, this season's so much better. If it was this good all the time, I would ignore the quibbles. I've still got a little PTSD from previous seasons, but it's, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. If you were put off by that show, you could give it another shot. Just skip the season three. Uh, oh, let's see. I only watched a couple movies. I watched Mark Maron stand up. Bleak the Dark, that was fine. Yeah, that guy's been through some shit, and he's pretty depressed, but he's making it work for him. Uh, Emma made me watch Puss in, Bo Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and it was better than I expected. They're going for a Spider-Man uh, across the Spider-Verse kind of thing with the animation style. That was pretty clever, and uh, yeah, it was fine. It was entertaining. And then we watched Cocaine Bear last night. Thank God. It, I, I enjoyed it. It was only 90 minutes long. I don't want to watch movies right now because they're all too long. There's a lot of movies I want to watch, but they're all too long, and I can't deal. I, I did finish Women Talking. That was really good. 
it was too long. Finished Babylon. It got worse. You just stop after an hour in Babylon. Uh, I started a lot of movies and I'm like, okay. And then I go weeks go by and I'm like, oh God, I got to finish that. And then I finish it, which is what happened with women talking in Babylon. Women talking was great, but it was just too long. Too long. Everything's too long. Everything's too long. Make your movies shorter. Uh, and I'm still reading A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. It is March. It will be April before I finish it. I'm close, finally, to finishing it. But it's really because I got this Kindle scribe, and I've been mailing myself a lot of PDFs of court cases and things for work and taking notes and annotating at night on my scribe. And um, that book is depressing. I knew most about it already. I got through, uh, let's see, I'm through the Philippines War. I'm through World War One. I. I don't think I'm the World War Two yet. I'll probably stop after World War Two. Maybe get through the Korean War and then I'll stop. I mean, this is a recent edition. It goes through the Clintons. I don't need you to tell me what horrible things the government's done in my adult life. I'm well aware. But uh, yeah, you know, it's necessary reading, but God, it's just painful. Even when you know it all, I'm just like, this is like penance or something. It's just like self flagellation to read it. And it's depressing and it messes me up. And I don't like it. And now I'm ending on a really sad note. But after this, I'm going to read the history of Mad Max Fury Road. So I hope that you stick with me and that will be amazing. Thank you for your patience in my production of this podcast. I promise there will be at least one more. I I, I don't know when, but we'll do it. Drop a line. Encourage me. Tell me how you're doing. I hope everything's okay. We'll talk soon. Take care.